0: Hi, I'm Noah. I want to know if we can do a feature creature of Stegosaurus. He's a really amazing dinosaur and he's quite bizarre.
1: Welcome to Dinosaur George Kids, a show for anyone who loves dinosaurs. Dinosaur George has studied paleontology for over 50 years and has performed live to over 4 million students across the world. So sit back and enjoy today's show.
0: Now, here's Dinosaur George.
1: Well, hey there, future paleontologist. I'm Dinosaur George, and I am glad to be back with you again another podcast. Boy, have I been busy. I have been crazy busy, crazy busy. It's been a while since I did a podcast, so I apologize for not getting them out quicker than that, but I am just so busy. It's incredible. As Noah requested, today's podcast, uh, our feature creature is going to be the one and only Stegosaurus, and I'll get to him in just a minute. First, little bits of information. We now have 145,000 downloads of our podcast worldwide, which is very exciting. And we're now at 112 countries. So there are 112 countries throughout the world who listen to this podcast. So I am honored, and I'm thrilled, and I'm glad that you all enjoy it. Lots of shout-outs, lots of shout-outs. First, I want to give shout-outs to, I I did some um, birthday and private lessons, and um, I wanted to give shout-outs to those. First was Emery, who I got to do a private lesson for Emery. Happy birthday to you, Emery, and I enjoyed it. I hope you liked it. And then Charlotte, the little dinosaur expert, I got a chance to do Charlotte's private party, and then I did Olivia's private party, and Olivia, uh, her parents and grandparents were there, and I was amazed at how much you knew. So to all of you who had me do a private party or a private show, I hope that you enjoyed them as much as I did. A couple of other late shout-outs. One goes to Luca, who is a Patreon club member. He turned eight years old. Luca, I'm so sorry that it's been so long. It took me so long to give you your birthday shout-out, but there it is. And then to Philip Raptor, who is turning six years old, or by now probably has turned six years old. Happy birthday to you, too. And, of course, happy birthday to all of you who are celebrating a birthday in October. Now for the other shout-outs. I spoke at Field Station Dinosaurs in New Jersey couple of weeks ago, and so many of you came out there. It was so neat to meet so many of you. And I know, I know, I know, I know I'm going to make a horrible mistake and not remember everybody, but here we go. Shout out to Soraya, who had the best dinosaur dress in the world, Soraya, that dress was awesome. And thank you for walking with me a little bit and going and looking at the place. I loved it. Ollie drove seven hours one way to be there. Ollie, it was such a pleasure to meet you and your parent and your mom and your your family. I, it was so nice seeing you and thank you for making that long trip to come see me. Then Brandon and Amelia, who are both kids club members. I got to meet both of you in person. Shout out to you. Henry. I met Henry Harrison, who I got to meet, who drew me a picture, by the way. Thank you. Uh, let's see. It's Delaney, Philly, Oscar, whose birthday happened to be that day. Happy happy birthday again to you, Oscar. Finoraptor. I got to walk almost the whole, whole park with Finoraptor and his mom and dad. I enjoyed that a lot. Uh, Simon, Gregorio, um... And Eris, who drew me an awesome Smilodon, Alexander, Gideon, Alex, who, by the way, Alex was coming from playing baseball and he got two runs. Woohoo! Jude and Hank, who are both members of the club, and it's not Hanky now, it's Hank. And then um, I also want to give a shout out to my little friend, Olivia, who came out to my museum uh, two Saturdays ago. And Olivia helped me by using my Triceratops puppet. She uh, was using the Triceratops puppet and um, was showing it to the kids. And they enjoyed it very much. And I sure enjoyed seeing you and meeting your grandpa. And it was nice seeing your parents again, as always. All right. So if I missed any of you who I saw in person, I apologize so much. I tried to make as many notes as I could. But for all of you who I saw out at uh, uh, the Field Station Dinosaur event, thank you for coming out. I hope you enjoyed my shows. And for all of you who I see everywhere, it's so nice to see you all in person. All right. Today's feature creature is the one and only Stegosaurus. (laughs) Stegosaurus. It's time for our Feature Creature segment. If you would like to suggest a creature, go to the Dinosaur George Kids podcast page at DinosaurGeorge.com or post your suggestion on the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group page. Now, here is your Feature Creature. Well, Stegosaurus is certainly one of the most easily recognized dinosaurs on the planet. It is recognized by people all over the world. Even people who aren't that amazingly interested in dinosaurs, they know what Stegosaurus looks like. The name Stegosaurus means roof lizard. Roof, like the roof of a house. Or you can also say roof reptile. The word saurus means lizard or reptile in Latin. It was nine meters long. That's about 30 feet. So it's a relatively large dinosaur. It weighed anywhere from five to eight tons. So that's more than an African elephant. They're found in Western North America and in Portugal. Now, how can a dinosaur be found in two different continents? Well, remember, we've talked about this before, how all of the land used to be connected. It was one big landmass. And while that happened, dinosaurs existed. Dinosaurs could literally walk any place they wanted to go, almost any place. So you had dinosaurs living in Utah who could ultimately, over thousands of years and migration, that species could make its way to Africa. And from Africa, it could have made its way to Australia and Australia to Antarctica and to India and to all these countries. So it's not unusual to find, especially Jurassic dinosaurs, because by the end of the Jurassic, those continents are breaking apart. So it's not that unusual to find Jurassic dinosaurs. An example would be Brachiosaurus, found in Utah and Colorado, also found in parts of Africa. How did they get there? Well, they certainly didn't swim across the ocean. They walked. Now, it doesn't mean one dinosaur lived in Utah and decided to walk to Africa, That could be a long process where it could be generations, little by little. Animals want to spread out. They do that for a number of reasons. They want to spread out so they can find new places to eat. If they all stayed together in one small area, they literally wouldn't eat. I mean, they would eat themselves out of existence. There would be nothing left to eat. So you have to be able. You have to be able to spread out a little bit. You have to be able to spread out a little bit. And that's what happened. So in the case of Stegosaurus, how did it end up in Portugal and North America? It walked. It walked. They lived during the late Jurassic period. That's That was about 155 to about 145 million years ago. So these are early dinosaurs. Stegosaurus never saw Tyrannosaurus rex. They didn't live together at the same time. So it never saw that. It was a quadruped, which means it walked on four legs. And it was an herbivore, meaning that it ate plants. I told you it's one of the most recognizable dinosaurs in the world. And it is. Just one look at that dinosaur and you're like, I know exactly who that is. Again, even if you don't know anything anything about it, at least you know what the animal looks like because of the plates on its back. It was discovered during the Bone Wars. Now, if any of you listened to my podcast on plesiosaurs, on elasmosaurus, you heard me talk about the Bone Wars, and I am going to do a podcast on the Bone Wars. When I did the Elasmosaurus episode, if you if you if you don't know what I'm talking about, go back and listen to the Elasmosaurus episode. I think that was the the one I did right before this. And it tells the story of two paleontologists who began a competition with each other. And they ended up literally going to war with each other, not killing people, but using dynamite and blowing things up. And it's just an amazing story. Well, Stegosaurus was discovered during the Bone Wars by Othniel Marsh in 1877 and there's actually a number of different species of stegosaurus. What I mean by that is the genus is sort of like your first name, the species is sort of like your last name when it comes to paleontology, comes to animals, any animals. So the genus name is Stegosaurus, but within that family, there are a number of dinosaurs named Stegosaurus. Now, the one we all see and read about is one called Stegosaurus stenops. That's the most common. That's the most popular. Anytime you see a picture of a Stegosaurus, it's usually always Stegosaurus stenops. But there's one called Stegosaurus ungulatus. There's one called Stegosaurus Salcutus. I believe Stegosaurus Armatus and Stegosaurus longispinus, those used to be members of that family, but I think they may have changed those names. I believe they did. So when you say the name Stegosaurus, if you you want to play a trick on somebody, ask somebody. How many kinds of Stegosaurus are there? How many dinosaurs are named Stegosaurus? And most people say one, and you'll go, <laughs> wrong! Stegosaurus ungulatus, stegosaurus stenops, stegosaurus sulcatus, stegosaurus armatus, stegosaurus longispinus, if those two are still valid. So it's sort of like think about you, you have a first name. Well, you may have the exact same first name as your best friend but you have a different last name and that makes you different same with stegosaurus they all they're all named stegosaurus but they have a different last name ungulatus stenops etc so the one that's the most popular the one that most people recognize is the one called stenops when you look at stegosaurus the first thing you recognize its back legs are longer than its front legs. And that means Stegosaurus kind of leans forward a little bit. Its head is held pretty close to the ground. Well, Dr. Robert Bakker, who I I will tell you is a very good friend of mine, and I I really like him a lot. Dr. Bacher proposed that Stegosaurus may have been able to stand up On its back legs. Now it couldn't walk like that, but it could lean back and stand up. Why would it do that? To reach higher up into a tree, to reach leaves that it couldn't reach otherwise. Its head is lower than its hips. That means the only food that it can reach is food that's low to the ground. But if this dinosaur could stand up on its back legs, It could reach way higher up and get access to more food. There is something in all animals called the center of gravity. That sort of means like, have you guys ever played like on a school playground on like a seesaw? Some people call them teeter-totters. That's where one person sits on one end and the other person sits on the other. It's like a long board And you can kind of go up and down, you can push off and the other person goes down and then they push off and they go up and you go down. Well, the center of gravity on an empty seesaw is the very middle. But if a heavy person sits on one end and a light person sits on the other, the center of the balance part, the center of gravity would have to be moved because the heavy person weighs more. So think of the center of balance as the middle or the center of gravity is sort of the middle part where you're balanced. Well, what that means, what all that fancy talk was about, was Stegosaurus's center of gravity may have been its back hips. And that means it could stand up very easily because it wasn't it it wasn't as balanced. With a dinosaur like triceratops. Triceratops' front legs and back legs are almost the same length, so its center of gravity is the middle of its tummy, and that means that if Triceratops tried to stand up on its back legs, it would be very hard to do that. An elephant's center of gravity is the middle of its tummy, but an elephant can stand up on its back legs. It doesn't like standing up on its back legs because it's hard for it to do, but it can during droughts. When there's not a lot of food, elephants have been observed standing on their hind legs to reach their trunk a little bit higher up into the tree because they need every branch, every leaf they can find because they're starving during, during a drought. So it may be possible that Stegosaurus could stand up on its hind legs Now, again, it can't walk because that's not how this animal is made. When I said it was a quadruped, meaning it walks on four legs, I didn't say quadruped and semi-biped. Standing up on your back legs is not the same as walking when you're standing up on your back legs. So this animal walks on four legs. It does not walk on its back legs. It can't. I don't think it could. I don't think it could take a step. It would be incredibly hard. But it could maybe stand up on its back legs. I will say this. Other paleontologists disagreed with Dr. Bakker's hypothesis. They didn't think this animal could do it. I personally, looking at it, looking at the skeleton, I personally believe it could. And I think it could do it very easily, as a matter of fact. I think it could literally kind of lean forward, bend its knees on its front arms, give itself a little push and stand straight up. They could probably even lean on their tail, sort of the way a kangaroo leans on its tail. So I personally believe Stegosaurus was capable of standing up on its hind legs. And here is a project for you. If you if you like to do these projects first, you have to make sure to join the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group. And the only reason why I say that is this is where you post your projects. You can post pictures of your projects. So you, um, you, you want to make sure that your parents join the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group. And it's free. It's totally free. There's no cost to join. No cost whatsoever. So here is your project if you want to do it. If you have a stegosaurus toy, I want you to try to make it stand up on its back legs by leaning it against a bush or a plant, sort of like it's trying to eat. Now, it's going to be hard to do. I know it's going to be hard to do because your toys don't bend like that. But see if you can do an image, set up an an image or, or take a picture of your dinosaur toy stegosaurus standing up. On its back legs, I know that it that, that it won't look like that. It'll be real, It'll be standing on its tail because your toys, the tail doesn't bend. But I want you just to see if you can make it lean up, maybe against a house plant in your house, or maybe in some grass outside. Try to see if you can do that. If you're a good artist, try to draw a stegosaurus standing up, eating out of a tree. Again, it may not. He may not have been able to do it. I think it could. But I would like for you, if you like to do projects, I'd like for you to set up a a diorama with your stegosaurus. Now, you can also just show me a picture of a stegosaurus. You don't have to do anything with him. You can show a picture. If you've got a couple of stegosauruses, show me a family group walking together. They can be by water, or they can be walking through the grass, or they can be on your carpet, or they can be on your bed. It doesn't matter. But your project is to show me your stegosaurus. And if you want to do something super cool, see if you can make it stand up. Now, because the skull, the head was close to the ground, that means that Stegosaurus would be limited on how much food it could take. And again, that is why I believe that it was able to stand up. It has to. Being close to the ground can be kind of hard. And the fact that we find stegosauruses in North America and Portugal means that they were capable of traveling long distances. And that would mean that they would come across all different kinds of food. What if they got to a forest where there was no plants close to the ground because there were so many leaves in the trees, the sunlight couldn't penetrate and no plants. They, they can't stay in that forest. They have to go through it, but they got to eat something. But if they could stand up on their back legs, maybe that would help them survive something like that. Their teeth are, sh- are very strange. They're shaped like a leaf, very similar to the teeth of Iguanodon and similar to the teeth of Pachycephalosaurus and similar to the teeth of Ankylosaurs. They don't have teeth like Triceratops or duckbills. Those dinosaurs have hundreds, thousands of teeth. Stegosauruses only have a few little teeth, but they also have a beak at the end of their mouth. If you look at a picture of a stegosaurus, you never see any teeth because the teeth are back in the jaw. But they had that sharp beak. Now that beak could crop off, could snap off, could cut through really tough plants. So when you look at your toy stegosauruses or pictures of stegosauruses, you won't see their teeth. But if it opened its mouth and you looked in it, you would see the little teeth in the back. Something else that I think is cool about Stegosaurus, and you don't see it that often, they had little pieces of bone that protected their throat. Their throat. It was body armor. It was little round pieces of body armor. Sort of like um, like like what you see on the back of an Ankylosaurus, only not that big. These were round, about the size of a... Uh, I don't know, like a bottle cap. That protection protected its neck. But its neck is so low to the ground, I guess that protection would be in case an animal like a allosaurus tried to grab it by the throat. It would prevent those teeth from punching through. and Maybe that gave it protection. Whatever the case, you never think of ankyla uh, as a, as stegosaurus as being armored, but they were. Their throat has body armor. That's so cool. Now, the two most recognizable things about Stegosaurus are the tail and the plates. Let's go with the with the tail first. The spikes. Why do we call the the things on its tail spikes? How come we don't call them horns? Let me give you kind of an easy explanation. Animals that have horns, horns are always connected to the head, to the skull. They are part of the skull. Horns are actually part of the skull. Antlers are things that grow on the skull but can fall off. A deer has antlers. A male deer has antlers because at a certain time of the year, they fall off and they grow back the following year. A cow has horns. The horns are actually part of the skull. They're not growing on it. They are part of it. So triceratops has horns. Sharp, pointy things that are connected to any other part of the body are called spikes. The big, pointy things on an ankylosaurus are spikes because they're not growing. They're not part of its skull. It does have two little horn-like things on its skull. Those you call horns, but only the two connected off the side. Everything else is called a spike. And this one will confuse you. Styracosaurus. The frill spikes on the, on the frill, they are called spikes. They're not horns because they're not connected to the actual skull. They're connected to the frill. So Stegosaurus has spikes on its tail. Triceratops has horns on its head. And Ankylosaurus has two little horns on its head and big spikes all over its body. Gastonia has spikes. And one last thing. Parasaurolophus or Parasaurolophus, that is not called a horn, even though it's connected to its skull. That is called a crest. A crest, a shield, a horn, and a spike are all different things. The shield of Triceratops is not really part of its skull. So it is not called a horn, and it's not pointy. Carcharodon—I mean, I'm sorry, Carnotaurus has horns, not spikes— horns because they're growing. That's part of its head. So let's talk about the spikes of Stegosaurus. Why we call them spikes. Let's talk about them. When you see a skeleton of a Stegosaurus, those spikes do not look that sharp. But when you see pictures of Stegosaurus, they look super sharp. That's because when they were alive, there was something that covered the spikes. Something called keratin. Your fingernails are made of keratin. Keratin is a covering that goes over spikes and horns. Triceratops's horns had a keratin covering and made them sharp. Ankylosaurus's spikes had a keratin covering and made them sharp. Stegosaurus's tail spikes had a covering made of keratin. That's what made them sharp. If they broke the keratin, it would grow back again, just like your fingernails. If they broke the spike, it may not, well, it wouldn't grow back again, because that doesn't replenish itself. So if they ever broke off the spike, it would never grow back. But if they broke the outer covering, the keratin covering, it would grow back just like your fingernail. Those are absolutely weapons. Their tail is flexible. And what that means on some dinosaurs, there's these little skinny stick looking rods that connect the tail bones together to make them stiff. Like a uh, Edmontosaurus cannot wiggle its tail like the tail of a crocodile can't do that because its tail was stiff. Stegosaurus's tail is made to be wiggled. It wants to swing that tail and use it as a weapon. And the longer your tail is, the faster it moves when you swing it. These dinosaurs could swing their tail. There's a famous discovery of a stega I mean of a allosaurus vertebra with a stegosaurus tail spike that went right into it. The tail spike wounded That Allosaurus. The Allosaurus survived because it showed that it was healing. But there is piece of evidence that really looks like it absolutely shows there was a fight. Stegosaurus was defending itself. Stegosaurus lived with Allosaurus. We know Allosaurus preyed on them. They had to defend themselves. And that tale was going to be it. There is something that confuses a lot of young people. In a lot of books or on a lot of videos you hear the word thagomizer. Thagomizer. That's what some people call the tail spikes of Stegosaurus. Why do they call it a thagomizer? It's because of a cartoon. There was a man who used to draw these funny cartoons. Now, I, I don't mean like cartoons you see on TV. I'm talking about what you used to see in the newspaper. It was a cartoon called the far side, F-A-R and then S-I-D-E, the far side. Uh, Larson, his last name was Larson. Peter, no, not Pete Larson. Pete Larson's a paleontologist. What was his first name? I can't remember. Gary Is it Gary Larson? Yeah. Anyway, he drew this cartoon of a caveman standing next to a stegosaurus. Now, you and I know that cavemen didn't live with stegosaurus, but this is a cartoon made for fun. And the Stegosaurus had swung its tail and stabbed one of the cavemen. And in his cartoon, that caveman's name was Thag. T-H-A-G. Thag. The other caveman said, that thing on the end of the tail, that's called the Thagomizer. Because it hurt their friend Thag. So anytime you see the word thagomizer, it's just paleontologists being silly and being fun and calling it the thagomizer. It's not scientifically what it's called, but that's what paleont- paleontologists, almost everyone I've ever met, they're funny, they're nice, they're they're kind, they're just like you and I. They like to have fun. So they call it the Thagomizer. And I just wanted to explain that to you in case you've ever seen it, because that could be very confusing. So that covers the spikes. Finally, let's talk about the plates. Let's talk about the plates on the back. There has been debate for a very long time. And the word debate means to argue with somebody. Arguing doesn't mean you're fighting. It means two people have different ideas and they're both trying to convince the other that they are right. So they've been debating what those plates are for and they don't even know how those plates are on the back. Are they side by side in two rows or do they kind of go down the center and each one kind of sits in a different position? Nobody knows. Can they move them? Can they make them flap up and down? They wouldn't use them to fly, but could they move them? There are a lot of things about Stegosaurus and a lot of things about all dinosaurs that nobody knows. Maybe one of you listening to this podcast, maybe one of you will figure it out and be able to tell us what they're for. But for right now, there's a couple of different ideas of what they were for. The first is that they were used to help the dinosaur cool down. I believe that's what they are for. That's what I believe. We find fossilized skin of dinosaurs. And one thing that we don't see is we don't see spots where the animal sweated. Like when you and I are hot, we're playing outside, we're running around, we sweat. That's how our body cools us down. It doesn't appear that Stegosaurus or any dinosaur for that matter had sweat pores where they they could sweat. So they had to figure out how to get rid of excess heat. I believe because Stegosaurus lived in the late Jurassic, which was pretty hot, it was pretty warm all the time, the number one problem they had was all of the heat that their body would generate. Stegosauruses have a great big round tummy and they could have a lot of food in their stomach and all they eat is plants. When plants decompose, they create heat. That means Stegosaurus's tummy was like a giant heater or a furnace or an oven. It was making a lot of heat. And if your body has too much heat, you can become very sick. So it had to lose that heat. That's what I believe the plates were for. The plates were covered in little tubes called blood vessels. You have blood vessels all over our body. That's what carries blood all over our body. That's why when we get cut, we bleed because there's blood vessels all over our body. Well, those blood vessels covered the plates and then the outside of the plate was covered in keratin. The same thing that covered its tail, the keratin covering protected the blood vessels i believe that the heat that was in the blood when the heat went when the blood went up into the plates that meant that that blood was now closer to the outside temperature and the heat could escape through the plates that meant that the blood would cool down and then when the blood went back down back into the body it would cool the dinosaur down It's sort of like a big air conditioning system. That's what I believe they were for. Some paleontologists believe they were used to warm them up. Like, have you ever seen a crocodile basking in the sun? The sun would warm its body. Some paleontologists believe that if it was a cooler day, if it was cold, then they used those plates like solar panels, to capture the rays of the sun and warm the blood up. Maybe they did both. When it was hot, they were air conditioners. When they were cold, they were heaters. Finally, some paleontologists believe that the plates didn't do either one of those things. They believe that the plates were used as a way to communicate or to show emotion. When you and I get mad, when we get embarrassed, sometimes our face can become darker because the blood from our body goes up into our face. It does that naturally. If you've ever seen your mom get mad, her face turns red. Oh, that's a warning color. Run for your life. That means that's an emotion. Well, it's possible that Stegosauruses could make that blood go up into those plates And because now those plates, remember I said they're covered with those little blood vessels? Suddenly, all that red-colored blood goes up into the plates. Maybe it made them change color. Like if two male stegosauruses saw each other and they didn't like each other, maybe they could make blood go up in those plates that says the signal that says, look, I'm mad. You need to back away. Or if they're being attacked by a predator, maybe they could make the blood go up there really quick. And boom, it flashes a different color. Maybe that would scare a predator. Maybe a predator would be like, What is that? If they're scared, think about this. If you have a herd of stegosaurus and one of them smells danger or sees a dangerous threat, if they roar and make a sound, that would tell the dangerous animal where they are. What if it just changed the colors of the plates and every other stegosaurus went, Uh oh, everybody on alert? Prepare the Thagomizers. <laughs> we don't really know what the plates were used for, but there are some hypothesis. It would be interesting for you to come up with your own. What do you think they were for? Lastly, let's talk about who was preying on them because they definitely have predators. Oh, they definitely have predators. That would be Allosaurus, Ceratosaurus, Psorophaginax. There was a number of different carnivores that would have seen Stegosaurus as a as potential prey. There have been Stegosaurus footprints found where they walked in herds, and that makes all the sense in the world. I believe Stegosauruses were herding animals. They probably always stayed together. Let me tell you why. If two allosauruses found a Stegosaurus by itself, one could stand in the front one could stand in the back. Stegosaurus's only defensive weapon are the tail spikes, the thagomizers. Well, it can't fight in two different directions. The only thing it could do if one stegosaurus attack, I mean, if one allosaurus attacked a single stegosaurus, the stegosaurus would stand sideways and face the attacker. And when the attacker comes in, it simply moves its back legs around and that tail comes flying in and would crush him. But if there's two allosauruses that can't do that. So stegosauruses lived in a family group. They could defend themselves with those weapons. How would they do that? One stegosaurus would face one way, the other stegosaurus would face the other way. Not back to back, but side to side. Now, if you try to attack, either one of them's gonna get you. So if you want to do a really, if you have more than one stegosaurus toy and you want to do a cool diorama, place one stegosaurus facing one way, place the other stegosaurus facing the other way and stand them next to each other and then put your predators in a circle around them. Your predators are going to have a hard time figuring out where to attack because no matter which way they come from, somebody's tail spikes are waiting for you. So that, my friends, is all the information about Stegosaurus, who I think is an absolute remarkable, remarkable dinosaur. Normally at this point, I would go, well, you know what? I think I will. I think I'll jump into the Dinosaur George Kids page and give a couple of shout-outs. It's been so long since my last podcast that there are way too many of me to to mention everyone by name. So I'm just going to go down there and just highlight some of them. Uh, so if you sent me something, please don't have your feelings hurt if I don't mention your name, uh, but uh, I just, I definitely want to cover them. So first of all, an, a really cool picture of a dinosaur dictionary, an A to Z dinosaur. Really like that book, and that's really cool. And by the way, they also noticed that in this one particular book, there is a misprinted word that they misspelled the word um, giganotosaurus. They called it gigantosaurus. That happens sometimes in books. I'm glad that you picked that up, but that's very good. A really cool picture of a dino helmet. Oh, this is awesome. That looks like a bike helmet, but it looks like a T-Rex. That's crazy cool. And, oh, you're wearing a very cool dinosaur hat. I like that very much. That's super cool. All right. uh, right. Let's see. Um... um, 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 um. Oh this is so cool. This is so cool. Um a cool dinosaur setup with me riding a Parasaurolophus. All right, that's actually pretty cool. That's really cool. That's really cool. You want to do a, a who would win between T-Rex and Parasaurolophus, but not me, I hope. I hope not. Anyway, Isabella, these are great. Uh and I like your puppy Hurricane name. That's awesome. Isabella is one of our T-Rex Club members. This is really cool. I like that very much. That's a great diorama. All right, Emerson drew an amazing Utah raptor and a pterosaur. Really like that a lot. That's really cool. I like that a lot. Great. That, that's re- really good work. I'm very proud of you. That's really cool. And then let's see. Um, 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 Let's see. Ooh, a really good fun fact. And by the way, for any of you, that want to become a member to see these pictures I'm talking about, you're welcome to post pictures of dinosaurs, pictures of your toys, of your books. If you are a member of the dinosaur, George kids page, you can post all that cool stuff. Uh, okay. Let's see. Dino boy from Sydney, Australia said, by the way, love the name. Dino boy. He's one of our members that Dino boy. I, I believe that is Guan long. I believe that toy you have is Guanlong. That is one of the earliest members of the Tyrannosaur family. So I think that's Guanlong. Looks really cool. And then here's one that Ethan sent that asked if I could tell him what kind of dinosaur this is. Spike Laavoise. Spike That's actually a good name. You know what? I tell you, Ethan, what I think this really is. I believe that is a Notasaur who happens to be standing on his back legs. I believe it's a notosaur It's very cool though. Uh Darko, oh, very very cool. Very cool. Um of of a really cool fish. Oh yeah, during his interview we talked about that that is hilarious. Darko, thank you. That's a great picture. That's a great picture. All right, let's see. Um, 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 um let's see. Uh, I'm just kind of going down these as quick as I can. Penelope had a question. If you find dinosaur bones on someone else's property, do you get to name the dinosaur? Well, the dinosaur's name is not necessarily given by the person who finds it. The person that names the dinosaur is the person that writes a description about the dinosaur. So you might find a new species of dinosaurs, but unless you are the person who, that writes the description, you don't get to name it. But let's say that you found dinosaur bones on someone else's property. Do you? First of all, if you were on their property with the person's uh, permission, then you could certainly dig it up and or you'd want to bring in some paleontologists to dig it up. And then whoever writes the paper, they might name it after you. They might name it uh, Penelopeosaurus. Wouldn't that be a cool name? So, yeah, the person that names the dinosaur is not always the same person who finds it. It's very good, though. Okay, cool triceratops. Oh, look at that. Oh, check that out. That is the coolest thing in the world. Uh, Wolf Scout. Oh, my gosh, you're even in the book. Okay, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, that is so cool. That is so cool. you actually in the book. Uh, Let's see. Alston, age six, says, which dinosaur was the fastest runner, swimmer, and flyer? Fastest runner was probably Ornithomimus or Struthiomimus, one of those guys. Swimmer, probably have to give it to Spinosaurus because nobody else is really designed for swimming if you're talking about dinosaurs. And the fastest flyer, probably, I don't know. Could be Archaeopteryx, could be Microraptor, could be any of those. Very good questions, though. Very, very good questions. Let's see. Penelope also sent up really cool scenes. Oh, I love these. Oh, I love that Ankylosaurus in the water. That's really cool. Nico Raptor, age six, sent really, really. And just became a T Rex member. Sent really cool underwater pictures of an attack. This is great, Nico. I li- Nico Raptor. I like that a lot. A whole lot. That's very cool. Uh, Emilio Raptor has added some crazy cool. That is the coolest thing ever. You are literally turning your room into a museum. Emilio Raptor, nice to hear from you. I miss you so much. I miss you and your, your mom and dad and your grandparents and your sister so much. Please tell everybody I said hello. I sure miss you, buddy. Uh, let's see. Uh Oh, George the Allosaurus sends a creation called Little Dino Hunter. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. You even sent a video. That is crazy cool. Crazy cool. Sam, that's a beautiful diorama. Shout out to Sam in Charlotte, North Carolina. Love it. And I love that you gave it a name. That's really cool. Oliver put together a really cool Jurassic Park and Camp Cretaceous scene. Love it, Oliver. Absolutely love it. Great work. Uh Leon H eight from Ballarat, Australia. Uh Leon. Oh nice, nice drawing. Nice drawing. That's beautiful. That is absolutely beautiful. And look at there. There's a there's a carnotaurus about to eat dinosaur George. Now let wait a minute. What was that last sentence? The orange section is a Carnotaurus about to eat dinosaur. You little stinking Leon, you little stinker. Can't believe you did that to me. (laughs) Audrey drew a really, really cool Elasmosaurus. Love it. Love that drawing. That's absolutely beautiful. Uh, Oh, how cool. Roland created his own dinosaur. Love the picture, Roland. Love it, love it, love it. Joel sent really cool video and pictures. Love them. Lucian drew a really nice Spinosaurus. Really nice Spinosaurus. And he spelled out Spinosaurus. Very proud of you. Very proud of you. Jasper, Jasper Raptor. Great name. Drew a Carnotaurus. Loved it. Shout out to you, buddy. That's a great, I love those colors, by the way, Jasper. I love them very much. Very good. Fuske drew a uh uh drew news of the new dinosaur Cur- is it pronounced curuppy? Kiruppy? Uh, you know what? Fuski, I don't know. By the way, Fuski, I met friends of yours when I was at that uh place in New Jersey. I met your friends. What a small world. Isn't that amazing? But I don't I don't know I haven't heard about that new dinosaur yet, buddy but your picture is amazing. Very good. Uh, D Fletcher Don. Love it. Did a Diplodocus. Shout out to you, my friend. Zali, who always, always has incredible artwork, drew a beautiful Allosaurus. Love it. Boy, I love that too. And I like that posture. I like that position of that running position. That's absolutely beautiful. Caleb drew Carnotaurus and Spinosaurus. Nice. Nice. Very proud of you, buddy. Shout out, Caleb. That's very impressive. Caleb also drew an amazing baryonyx and wrote some facts about it. Very proud of you, my friend. That's crazy. And then, Alex, Alex, I am going to do Albertosaurus next. I promise you. I promise, Alex. I like your video. That's very cool. Elias, H five. Uh, in Bend, Oregon, says, can you tell who he is in the picture with the short-faced bear and Eoraptor? Well, that... Now, you wait a minute. Elias, is that you in that picture? Or is that me? That better not be me. You naughty little kid, that better not be me standing in front of the short-faced bear, because that thing is going to maul me. (laughs) Ha ha! Alastasia Rex sent a picture of a triceratops she colored. She traced it from a book, but the rest, especially the colors were her design. Well, Alastasia Rex, this is beautiful. You did a wonderful job and I love your colors and I love that you gave it the eye spots. Very, very proud of you. Very proud of you. And there's a picture of Hank and Judah. It's not Hanky, mom. It's Hank. Hank and Judah took a picture with me. Uh, as a matter of fact, Judah is holding a huge claw from a Therizinosaurus. This was from when I was in um in New Jersey. It was so nice meeting you all. And thank you for posting that picture. I absolutely loved it. Beautiful. Cole drew a really cool picture or, or set up his toys. He has an Indominus Rex eating a Spinosaurus. I think you're right. I think you're right, Cole. I think you're Spino would be in big trouble I love this picture Shout out Cole, that's very good And then Oh, this is just the funniest thing In the in the world Oscar, who I met out at um, Out at New Jersey We got to take a picture together Oscar, I will never forget Your laugh You were laughing so hard I was worried about you, kid ha <laughs> ha it was nice meeting your family, and happy birthday to you again, buddy. Uh, Rody Lewis, my friend Rody, posted a Velociraptor and a, t- a Stegosaurus tail spike. Uh, great pictures of them. Evan, Evan was had a snow day. They live in Alaska, and posted some really good pictures of a museum. Looks like you're about to be eaten by that T Rex. Looks like the hand of an Allosaurus. Looks like the claw of a Therizinosaurus. Great pictures. That is so cool. Thank you for sharing and shout out to you, my little friend. That was awesome. And then there's a picture of me and Alex um, where Alex came out to meet me out at New Jersey. I had a great time. You guys were so much fun and I had a good time talking to you after the after the lesson. I sure enjoyed it. And then Oscar Carna, Oscar Notoris, who's Oscar, who's half Carnotaurus. Oscar Notoris has a huge collection of dinosaurs. Really, really cool. It's a Jurassic Park chess set. All right, that's the coolest thing I've ever seen. That is crazy cool. And then the Story Soarers kids. The Story Soar kids, welcome, by the way, to... The Patreon Club, and I'm glad you got your welcome present. These are great. Nathaniel Raptor, so glad that you drew this. This is really, really cool. Really cool. I love this stuff. You guys, I'm so glad that you're part of the Patreon Club. That's amazing. Let's see, Shane was excavating a dinosaur. Looks like you got it all out, my little friend. Very excited to you. Charlottesaurus did a great, a great image. I love it. Oliverosaurus drew, a, he's a new member of the Triceratops Club. Welcome to the club, my little friend. Drew a Spinosaurus, Tyrannosaurus, Velociraptor, and Dimetrodon. And I love the colors you used. Very good. And then here is a Mosasaur, Dinosuchus, and Megalodon fighting over Dinosaur George. Well, What was that last line? Mosasaurus, Dinosuchus. Megalodon fighting over dinosaur George. Jo- you little stinker. You little stinker. I cannot believe you did that to me. Ah, oh, you stinking kid. <laughs> oh, these are so great. George Allosaurus, who's one of my members of the Patreon club, uh, this is so cool. And this is really neat. This is great. And you said, may I have a shout out sometime? Well, guess what, my friend? Shout out to Dinosaur George, I mean, to George Allosaurus, who has my same name, who drew a really, really cool picture. I love it. That's Parasaurolophus. Those are great. And you did a video, which I love as well. Very, very impressive. Uh, Let's see. Malcolm, who was homesick one day, and I hope you're feeling better, Malcolm. I hope you're better. Uh, Watch the video, which is really cool. That's a big brachiosaurus, and I love that. Matthew, age seven, listens to the podcast all the time and drew a really good battle. Look at all those. Uh, They're all roaring and Spinosaurus and Dinosaur George. Wait a minute. Matthew? Matthew? You little stinking kid! Why am I in front of a Spinosaurus, you stinking kid? What am I dealing with? <laughs> Ezra, age four, set up an amazing battle and did a video. Thank you, Mama or dad, for posting it. Loved it. Shout out to you, my friend. Connor, who's six years old, lives in Sydney, Australia, did a drawing of Dinosaur George getting chased by multiple prehistoric animals. Well, let's see. There's th- What was that? What did you just say? Here's my drawing of Dino George getting chased by mu- There's an Indominus Rex, Titanoboa, Carnotaurus, Pteranodon, Velociraptor, and a Rex. And I am being chased by all of you little stinking Connor. I'm going to come to Australia. And when I do, I'm going to find you, my friend. I'm going to find you. Let's see. uh, (laughs) Let's see. That is so cool. Uh, Gideon did Indoraptor versus T-Rex video. Loved it. Loved it, loved it. Waylon, who turned six. Thank you. I always get eaten by uh, by animals in his pictures. Thank you. He took a picture of his dinosaur, George. Played by the Owen figure of all his dinosaur friends. Well, how nice is that? Finally, I'm being held in the arms of Blue the Velociraptor. Waylon, what a nice thing to do, not to have me eaten by everything. I'm eating all the time. Alastasia Rex. This is beautiful. Her name is Anastasia. But this is beautiful. The Maryland Science Center. Love it. Sylvan, age four. I would like a Dunkleosteus creature feature. That is a good idea. That is a very good idea. And you do a really good picture of a T-Rex trying to eat dinosaur. No, he's eating a, okay, good. He's eating a Dunkleosteus. I'm so used to always being eaten by everything. I assumed that was me. That's a good picture. I love it. And yes, I will definitely add Dunkleosteus to the list. Miles just did a really cool thing with with looks like Play-Doh with his animals. Love it, Miles. Shout out to you, my friend. That's amazing. Uh, Let's see. Madelinosaurus. Madelinosaurus. I always say Madeline. Madeline Madelinosaurus. I did the dire wolf episode, and she posted pictures where she went to the museum there at La Brea and showed a picture of all those dire wolf skulls. Isn't that the coolest thing in the world? Raptor standing next to it looks like a Mosasaur and also had the first Stegosaurus fossil ever discovered. Well, how cool is that? How cool is that that now we're talking about it? Good job, Ethoraptor. Max again drew a beautiful picture of a dire wolf attacking a Smilodon and a short-faced bear marks its territory. Great, great drawing, buddy. Very proud of you. Uh, is it Reese or Rice? I think it's Reese. It's Sian's brother. Wants to be a paleontologist. Well, I'm so glad you want to be a paleontologist. I love your cardboard Dunkleosteus. That is the coolest thing in the world. And I love your dinosaur uh your dinosaur sunglasses, which are the coolest things ever. Uh Kean. There you go. Kean. Um Indominus. Hey, love whoa! Love your drawings, Indominus, Pteranodon, Carnotaurus, and Dilophosaurus. Love these drawings. You're a very good artist. He and you are very, very good artist. So is your brother. Very good job, you guys. Max uh, did Ceratosaurus, went from two legs to four. Ooh, I like that. I like that a lot. Uh, that's very good. Ceres suggested that Ceratosaurus went from two legs to four. That's pretty cool. That's certainly possible. Heathoraptor is about to start a carnivore brawl. As soon as your hand comes up, I know you'll attack him. Nicely done. Leon would like to suggest Compsognathus as one. That's a good one. I like that, and I'll add that to it as well. Very, very good. Leon, age 10. What a huge collection of dinosaurs. And there's my buddy Sean. Sean and I got to sit down and, and talk dinosaurs for a long time, and I had such a good time. That was when I was out in Hondo, Texas, with my traveling museum. Sean, it was great seeing you and your family as always. All right, my friends. Uh, let's see. Um, go through. Oh, Kelly from Melbourne, Australia. Beautiful drawing, honey. Beautiful. Oh, I love your video. That is amazing. Absolutely amazing. Okay, I think I got everybody. I hope I did. I hope I didn't miss anybody. Listen, for this particular episode, I'm not going to do any Ask Dinosaur Georgia Who Would Wins. I promise those will be on the next podcast, which I'm going to record in a couple of days. Now, we're going to take a listen to information about the Patreon Club. I hope you will consider becoming a member of our club. Become a member of the Dinosaur George Patreon Club and join the fun. We offer different club levels, each with their own set of benefits. Private lessons, new discoveries, behind-the-scene access, and much more are all part of being a club member. Visit DinosaurGeorge.com and sign up today. How would you like to be interviewed on a future podcast episode? Well, now you can. Become a Tyrannosaurus member of our Patreon club, and you might be chosen for an interview with Dinosaur George. Visit DinosaurGeorge.com to join the club. And now, let's meet a Tyrannosaurus club member. All right, so we spin this wheel with all the names of all the T-Rex members on it, and whichever name it ends up on, that's who gets to be interviewed. And lucky for me, my little buddy Avi's name came up. And what's, uh, the reason why I say lucky is because you live in the same town where I live, and you got to come into the studio for your interview. So how you doing, buddy? Great. Good. So tell me, how old are you? Let me guess, 47. Nine. 49. Wow, you look no, good for 49. I can't believe you're nine 49 on years old. Oh, okay. So just now, okay, that makes more sense. Thank you very much. So, what grade are you in in school? Fourth. Fourth grade. What's your favorite subject? What do you like in school the most?
0: I don't have a favorite subject. They're all so. Wait, I have a least favorite subject. What is grammar?
1: Oh, grammar is hard for me too. I understand. You know what? It's was, also writing. Yeah. Right. Right.
0: Right. Writing is a real pain.
1: Oh yeah. What about math? Are you good at math?
0: I'm okay, but it's also not my favorite subject.
1: Yeah, I'm not good at math. Now what about science? you I bet you like science.
0: it, it it's also not the it, it's like a middle subject. It's like an in-between.
1: right. So which then do you like? Do you like reading? I know you're a my good mo- reader. My,
0: my most favorite subject is I'm gonna have to say history
1: really? Good for you. Now is there a time in the history that you like? Like do you like the age of like say the Romans or do you like earlier or later? What what is your favorite? 1915
0: to 1945.
1: Wow. Wow. That's amazing. I studied a lot of World War II. So the the later the mid 40s I found interesting because of all the changes going on all over the world. But uh I that- just
0: finished re- I just feeding, finished reading a World War 1 book. Did you? Mm -hmm.
1: don't tell me who wins because I haven't read it yet.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, 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 Are you okay?
1: Well, I just didn't want you to spoil the ending. I haven't gotten to the ending yet.
0: I finished it.
1: No way. Well, that's pretty good. I didn't. I'm still reading it. I'm on page two.
0: I'm on page... uh, I don't remember.
1: Yeah, but you read it. That's so yes. cool. All right, let's talk about dinosaurs.
0: No. Yeah, can you imagine They'll who would eat me th- alive. who would
1: think that I would want to talk about dinosaurs? Let's talk about them. Do you have a favorite time kind of dinosaur or group of dinosaurs?
0: Uh Uh, there's a dinosaur in front of me.
1: There probably are. You know, in this play, well, when you came up here, you saw some of my dinosaurs. What about carnivores or herbivores? Do you have a favorite of either one of those?
0: Uh, I'm going to have to say carnivores.
1: You like carnivores the best. So, do you like- I'm going to
0: say T-Rex or related to T-Rex.
1: Ooh, so you like the or-
0: or just, like, not really dinosaurs, the sea creatures, like carnivores.
1: Oh, so you, oh, like, like Pleuridon and Mosasaurus, those guys? Yeah. Oh.
0: Plesiosaurus. Yeah. I love- really like that guy. Megalodon. Although that was after the dinosaurs' age. Anyway.
1: Nicely done. Nicely done. You're correct. You know, so many young people write to me and ask me uh, if Megalodon ate dinosaurs eh, because sometimes they don't understand those animals didn't live together. So you're right. Megalodon comes after. But during the age of dinosaurs, plesiosaurs, which I like. um, My
0: headphones are uncomfortable.
1: Your headphones aren't. That's one of the weirdest things about being in the studio is first it's weird because you have to have headphones on. Now, is it too loud or they just squeeze your head?
0: They're just uncomfortable in general.
1: They are. Whenever you ought to see when I have to do like hour long shows, I have to wear these for an hour. Oh, Oh, Avi, by the end of the day, my ears hurt and and you that try it sucks it does you try to find those that are not uh they don't squeeze as hard but the problem with those is they won't stay on your head so yeah. you're like me you jump around a lot you don't want your earphones flying across the I room i see
0: the computer which you record us on absolutely right ah fish
1: that is a giant fish do you know which fish that is
0: no uh, is, you told us one time but i forgot you're it, right. it it was a really complicated name
1: very complicated its name is zepectenus but it starts with the letter X, sort of like xylophone. What? Only a xylophone won't eat you. But <laughs> the fact it is was a giant fish that lived in the late Cretaceous, uh, we find them all over Texas. You ever wow. been to Texas? We're in Texas. Uh, no, we're in my studio. Thank you very much.
0: The, which is in Texas. No, which it's is in th- my
1: house. Thank you very much.
0: Wh- which the house is inside of New Brown. Braunf- which is inside of New Braunfels, which correct. is inside of Texas.
1: Uh, you can't be in that many places at one time. I don't. There's no reason to trick me, kid. You're not supposed to trick old people. So,
0: so I can't so, breathe. You are,
1: so you are correct. So yes, that giant fish is one of the ones I keep him in the studio. There's only reason why I keep him in the studio is not beca-
0: not the museum.
1: Uh, exactly because. I haven't they scare brought,
0: us when we come on.
1: That's it. I haven't brought in my green screen yet. See, there's going to be where this back wall is that you're looking at. There's going to be a big green screen that will drop down from the ceiling. And then I can post anything I want on it. But for now, since I don't have it installed, I just have that big skull because it's it's boring. And to
0: scare us to death.
1: Exactly right. And it's Halloween. And who doesn't want to get eaten by a giant fish? Uh, Me. That's a good point. So Elasmosaurus pretty
0: much everybody who's listening to this.
1: (laughs) Elasmosaurus was living with that fish. Oh. So they both date back to the same time period, same same location. Nom. Yeah. (laughs) So let me ask you about Elasmosaurus, the plesiosaurus. Do you think that they would have been dangerous to something as big as you and I? Like if you and I were alive when they were alive and we were swimming, do you think they would bother
0: us? As much as they would bother raptors, which they do.
1: Well, they could. That's a good point. Raptor's are pretty small. Do you think they would try to eat us?
0: Uh, if they ate raptors, they would pretty much eat
1: us. That's probably a good point. That's a very good point. Now, I wouldn't want to come across mosasaurs. Mosasaurs would be worst. I wouldn't want to
0: tr- come across any meat eating dinosaur. In fact, I would if a velociraptor lo- walked up to me and looked at my shin hard. I would take off running.
1: No, you trip your mom and you run. <laughs> survival of the fittest, baby.
0: No, it's all about trip, survival. I would trip you yes, and Yes, trip run. me. Wait,
1: what did you just say? What did you just... Back up, kid. Did you just say you would trip me I'm and coughing. run? Well, good. I'm glad you're coughing. It's better than getting eaten like me. This kid's going to trip me and leave me with a bunch of velociraptors. Sorry. <laughs> So,
0: so. Mom's doing this.
1: Yeah, your poor mom is here in the studio with us. She's stuck in here with us. She's shaking her head going, why did I ever put these two in the same room together? And she's
0: laughing. (laughs) What's wrong with her?
1: Yeah, what's wrong with her? She's laughing because you're going to trip me instead of her. I told you to trip her and run. No, you want to give me up to these velociraptors.
0: Mr. Fluffles.
1: Now, I like Mr. Fluffles, by the way. Uh you brought a guest in the studio everybody. It's Mr. Say Fluffles. Say
0: hello Mr. Fluffles. Hi.
1: Uh yeah, Mr. Fluffles is amazing. So <laughs> So let's talk about other animals that lived after the age of dinosaurs. Do you have any interest in the saber-tooths? Like when you came into the studio, you saw out in my out in the front. You saw the different things.
0: I almost and I almost fainted to death when I saw all those uh big dinosaurs. Uh the only part that actually stunned me was the arms i'm like ah.
1: yeah those arms i told you are from dino Chiris. when they first found those I forgot arms the
0: name already yeah Whoa. well it's, it's
1: a very unusual dinosaur all they found were the arms nobody knew what it was nobody knew what the dinosaur was
0: you, yeah. so
1: they had to guess they thought it was like a t-rex or something but then they found the skeleton oh. and boy were we wrong We we meaning the people who study it it looked nothing like what everybody thought have you ever heard of gallimimus or struthiomimus those guys
0: uh yeah yes actually but i forgot what they look like it the, the, always happens to
1: me oh yeah happens to everybody they kind of look like we call them ostrich dinosaurs you know mm-hmm. they did you did you see the first jurassic park movie did you ever see that yeah okay do you remember that scene where there's a group of them all running and then the uh-huh. t rex comes out okay those are gallimimus <laughs> right exactly that dinosaur, those arms that you saw out there in the front, those arms are from a dinosaur related to them. Whoa. Yeah. Never would have guessed it. Never would have guessed they got that never big. Never
0: would have guessed.
1: Absolutely. Well, what I am saying is when you, you came would up- You
0: think they would have been that size and then gotten smaller and smaller and smaller over the ages. Exactly. Not like, not like big and then smaller and smaller and smaller and yeah. smaller and smaller and smaller.
1: Yeah, it was, wow. it's weird to see that. There were some raptors like that, too, though, that start off small, then grow giant, then get small again. What? So there are some animals that do that. Well, when you came upstairs, you immediately recognized saber tooth cats. You saw that as soon as you walked up. So let's talk about that time. Do you have any interest in things like the giant bears or the wolves or the cats?
0: Well, uh, actually, I do. Uh, but most of my knowledge from it is from the Stone Age.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the Stone Age animals or the Ice Age, same thing. Um, I I like them a lot. I like the saber tooth cats. You know, the one mystery that I don't understand, Avi, is that there were so many kinds of saber toothed animals back then, and yet they all go extinct at the end of the Ice Age. And it makes me wonder why don't we have any animals alive today that have those oversized teeth? A clouded leopard has the longest teeth of any cat. They're kind of, they're, they're not anywhere near as big as the tooth of a Smilodon, but wonder why those animals didn't have, didn't, why those big teeth ended and why more animals today don't have them.
0: When you said Smilodon, I I didn't know what you said for a moment. In case you didn't know, it me, it's the saber-toothed tiger.
1: Correct. Nicely done. Yes, it is a, it is the saber-toothed cat. Absolutely right. And Smilodon is the biggest of the bunch.
0: Uh-huh. And he's big. I don't it had a really small tail though.
1: It, it did. Yeah. It had, short tail.
0: Uh, like 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 some some dogs you see they have nubs nubs of a tail, kind of like I I think a pug.
1: A yeah. pug? Yeah, pug. Um,
0: do. like they had pug tails.
1: Right. That suggested that they're not made for running and chasing down their prey. Because a tail They were meant
0: for surprise attacks. There
1: you go. The tail of a cat. Is like used ambushing. for balance. exactly.
0: Like drinking water. Oh,
1: exactly right. So animals like cheetahs have long tails. Lions have long tails. Tigers.
0: Run, run. Ah!
1: Exactly. So they're going to chase them down. But with a saber tooth, with a short tail, the tail kind of acts as a balance. And since they don't have it, then they're. Pro- but I got to say this, though. Bobcats and lynxes don't have long tails. And they're excellent at chasing down prey. So maybe, maybe but, having yeah. a short tail doesn't matter.
0: No, maybe not, but, uh, but yeah, pretty much. But they but when they do go for the chases, they, they use their B-U-T-Ts to balance.
1: Right, exactly right. Very good. That's very good. Or they carry those long poles that people use when they're high wire. No, they, they
0: don't do that.
1: Okay, well, it sounded good anyway. I thought it was, thought it was a great idea. I was going to write a paper about balancing pole cats, but... Now you don't, you would have
0: got you would have gotten on the news for foolishness
1: any publicity is good publicity <laughs> always remember that kid it's all- <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about museums have you have you gone to any museums that you like
0: uh no but i've been to an aquarium and I Ooh. pet a shark
1: i love aquariums I like I fish. pet a shark you pet they th- your mom threw you in the water and you petted a shark?
0: No, there was like this shallow pool with the spotted leopard sharks.
1: Was it a megalodon?
0: No, it was spotted- You got
1: bitten by a megalodon? No, it was- Megalodon bit you at a park?
0: It, it was a spotted leopard shark.
1: A spotted but- megalodon leopard shark bit you?
0: No, uh, uh, no megalodon, just spotted leopard shark.
1: Got it. Spotted leopard megalodon bit the- a kid-
0: What? Who walked
1: into- well, what? that's what you said.
0: What? 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 <laughs> are you okay you have the megalodon infection take him to the hospital he's sick
1: so when you petted the shark how did it feel was it rough or or slick um can you remember
0: feel the table that's all it felt like
1: really yeah sharks are pretty amazing I, i like sharks a lot i like stingrays I wouldn't yeah. want to pet one, but...
0: That's that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, the, they did have a stingray petting exhibit. I was Ooh. so scared. I like back to, like, like this is the petting user. Right. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, I would be... Well, as long as they're... Like, like, cow nose rays don't have a stinger. So you can pet them. I mean, some some rays don't have stingers. What about an electric... Have you ever heard of an electric stingray before?
0: Uh, No, but I've heard of an electric... Actually, yes, I have.
1: Nice. Yeah, because I know you've heard of the electric eel, right?
0: Of course, I have. Yeah, who hasn't?
1: Uh, uh, this kid over here, uh, right there, he never heard about it. You don't. You don't. You haven't met my invisible friend. I'm
0: shooting you with a trench warfare gun if you don't learn about it soon. <laughs>
1: well, he just did. So, electric eels and electric rays use the same kind of shocking ability to stun their prey. Wonder if there was any shocking animals that lived with plesiosaurs there must have been
0: there probably was because they had to evolve from something electric eels and electric stingrays like when the world was made from a single cell but we don't believe that because we're christians (laughs) um what but it was like evolved and like something electric sparked
1: yeah, I, I agree. There had to be something. Now, whether or not it was during the age of dinosaurs or whether it was after the age of dinosaurs, there must have been.
0: Or before. Or before. The, the, there was millions of ages before the dinosaurs.
1: Oh, absolutely. And and so that brings a good point. Now, we find a lot of fossilized stingrays. I see lots of stingray fossils.
0: Lots Whoa. Of yeah,
1: so there were stingrays living at the well, before, during, and after the age of dinosaurs,
0: at least one of them had to be electric.
1: There's a good point. That's a that's a that's a certainly a very good point. That's an excellent point.
0: Did you have you find have you found any eels or something that looked like an eel?
1: I myself have never, but I've seen lots of um, I've seen lots of eel jaws. Eels are kind of like sharks, they don't have bones, and so they're made yeah, of cartilage. It's
0: pretty sentiment, right? It, it's- like, like we only find like cartel. We only find sharks that, st- that are still intact in pretty cold places.
1: Yeah, exactly. So when an eel dies, its body is more likely to decompose.
0: Like, like when a great glacier starts melting, a bunch of geologists rush t- towards it. Like a shark, a shark. Like the sound
1: effects, by the way. <laughs> the <laughs> <laughs> So I don't know how many eels have been found. Like I said, I've seen jaws of, of prehistoric moray eels. I saw a set the, of jaws.
0: That does make a good point. Like we've never seen an electric moray eel, but it's still possible.
1: Of course it is. The ocean is a big place.
0: It, it's pretty big. We, we still haven't explored like half of it. It's harder to explore than outer space, which outer space is pretty hard to explore
1: absolutely but outer space you want to know a cool fact what there's never been one shark attack in outer space yet
0: that's a good point
1: so that means that the safest place to go swimming is in outer space but
0: then you'll freeze to death and start floating around and then and then land on a plant and if you're still alive you just shatter
1: right but no sharks isn't that awesome you learned something new today, I
0: sharks.
1: Yeah. Ooh, space sharks are the worst. You gotta be you gotta be <laughs> careful of space sharks.
0: Yeah. They're the same thing as sharks.
1: Yeah, but they're Mars. They lived on Mars sharks.
0: Yeah. Ah!
1: <laughs> so, other than dinosaurs, what do you like to do? Are there things you what do you like to do for fun? I know you're a good reader. What else?
0: Um, I like to pretend a
1: lot. Do you? What kind of stuff do you do pretend?
0: Military.
1: Cool. That's kind of cool. Now, do you like... I,
0: I, I mainly focus on World War Two, Right. But after I finish reading the World War I book, I'm going to be playing Trench Warfare for a while.
1: Wow. I liked World War Two. I like the airplanes and the battleships or the ships. I like airplanes and ships the most. That's I like
0: I the aircraft carriers the best.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They're pretty cool. They're very cool.
0: The uh- only aircraft carriers I don't like are the Japanese aircraft carriers that bombarded Pearl Harbor.
1: That's the problem with all war is that there's always going to be bad stuff that goes with it. And so I totally understand. All right. So you like um, you like do you like video games?
0: Yeah. Nice. Um, when I meant Trench Warfare. I is meant, that a game? Um, I, I meant like pretending and also the Roblox game Trench Warfare. Oh,
1: cool. So, in trench warfare, what do you do? Is it like a battle game?
0: Uh, It's World War I, except without the artillery and airplanes.
1: Ah. Well, remember what I told you. Do not tell me who wins World War I. Allies. Great. Great. Now you spoiled the ending to that war for me. Now I have no idea. Well, don't tell me about World War II, because I haven't even started that book yet.
0: Allies. Great.
1: Just wonderful. <laughs> Avi, <laughs> you are absolutely... One of the craziest, zaniest people, and your smartest can be. Um, and I'm really glad to have you as a uh, member of the Patreon club. You really know a lot. I, I know, like when I ask a question, your hand goes up immediately every time. You know so much, and I want you to tell. I want to tell you how much I appreciate that. And I wish I could call on you more. This we have so many members now. It's hard to call on the same person twice. Mm-hmm. But I know when your hand goes up, you immediately know the answer to all the questions. And that's pretty impressive. I'm very impressed with you.
0: There's only a few questions you can stump stump me on.
1: Well, of course, and that's with everybody. I mean, I have questions. Do you have a question you want to ask me?
0: Uh, not right now. I don't.
1: Good, because I don't want you to stump me in front of all these witnesses. <laughs> all right, my little friend. What's
0: well, a million times three hundred and sixty-eight?
1: Oh, uh, the answer is two point three. Okay.
0: Wait, so what?
1: Uh, uh, the answer is two. Okay, so uh,
0: that's the vision, not. Not, no, 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 not times.
1: Oh, well, the answer is three. Okay, so I- No, to,
0: that's also division.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to help you with this math.
0: 2.1. Didn't
1: I tell you how horrible I was at math and you asked me, of all the things to ask me, you asked me a math question.
0: I stumped you. Ha!
1: All right, Avi, do you want to say anything to- there are now we have 112 countries where people listen to this podcast. So you're uh-huh. you're going to be heard in 112 countries. Is Can you there anything in Africa? They do. We have listeners in Africa. Is there anything you would like to say to all of the kids listening all over the world? Is there something you'd like to tell everybody?
0: Uh No, not really.
1: Do you want to tell them hello or good luck or study hard or watch out for space uh, sharks?
0: Space sharks.
1: Yeah, didn't oh, you tell me I there were space those- sharks?
0: I made those up.
1: Oh, that's right. Okay.
0: Yeah.
1: So Avi wants to tell everybody: don't worry about space sharks. If you want to go to space, you can go. Just without wear fear. a
0: spacesuit.
1: There, wear a spacesuit. That's a good one. And
0: go swimming, but also remember to put jet pack, jetpacks. You don't want to float too float too far away from Earth and end up on Mars and get eat and get eaten by aliens.
1: Yeah, because that would be like the worst day ever. That happened to my friend of mine. I'll talk about it later. All right, Avi. Thank you for coming by. Thank you very much for coming to the studio, buddy.
0: Can you talk about it? Can you talk about it after we finish?
1: Of course, We can continue the conversation as long as you want.
0: Yay! All right.
1: Say goodbye to everybody, buddy. Bye! All right, my friends. That is it for t- this podcast. I hope you learned something new about Stegosaurus. I hope you'll consider joining our Patreon club and being part of the fun. I hope you will join us on the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group. Again, that one's totally free. And our Patreon clubs start at $1 a month. So they're very affordable for everybody. Lots of podcasts in the works coming up. If you have something you'd like to suggest, you could send it through the Dinosaur George Kids podcast. I mean, Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group page. Or you could go to my website, dinosaurgeorge.com, and click on the Dinosaur George Kids podcast page, and you can send me a message through that and I'll try to read it. I get a lot of them, so I'll try. Till next time, everybody. I hope you are happy and being kind to people around you. Be nice, be friendly, practice your reading, and always good use a man- uh, use good manners. And I will talk to you guys soon.